as we now go into a time, hear these words of scripture to call us into worship from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of your power, of of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Will you pray with me? Lord, we gather into your house today to do thus, to tell of your power, to proclaim of your great deeds, to celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Lord, would you make your dwelling here? Would you send your Holy Spirit in our midst? And would we proclaim your mighty name, your great name? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Please pray with me. Dear God, we are your ambassadors to spread the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity we had to go to Chicago to represent Jesus to the people of Chicago. Thank you for opening our eyes and the hearts to the homeless and the ministries we worked with. It was amazing to experience you working through us to help people with their needs. Now that we are home, help us to use and apply what we learned to our community. Help every one of us to know that we are ambassadors here in Lyington, representing you wherever we go. Let your love shine through us in all we do. Most of all, thank you for Jesus. For your word says that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Amen. Well, we have a little different service this morning, but a wonderful one. That we have an opportunity um, to give witness to what God did through the youth in the Chicago mission train that left about two weeks ago and got back about a week ago. Um, we took 10 students and four adults, 14 people together to Chicago. And one of the key verses that, that we focused on was this verse here in 2 Corinthians, verse 20. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And so we went to Chicago with that vision and goal to be ambassadors for Christ, to represent Jesus in the way that we loved and served the people of Chicago. And boy, oh boy, did God do great things. And so we are here this morning to testify and to give witness to what God did. And um, I'm, I'm excited for you to hear from our team uh, of the great things God taught us 
and for us to be able to praise him because of that. So, did in Chicago. Um, let me just set up our sharing before we, we start. We went with an organization called Center for Student Missions, and what Center for Student Missions does is they partner with ministry sites in the city. And then when we come in as a youth group, they connect us to different ministries and service places. So they give us a schedule of places that we go in a van all throughout Chicago um, to experience uh, what God is already doing through these ministries. And so what we're going to do is share a little bit about how we got, we saw God work through these different ministries and people that we met on the streets. And um, I believe you're going to be blessed as you hear what God taught us uh, in Chicago. And so when we arrived on Sunday... The first thing that we did is we went on a prayer tour, and we just kicked off the night saying, we want to pray for the city of Chicago. So in our vans, we drove all throughout the west side of Chicago as our city host shared about um, the problems in the city, and we stopped and prayed um, every few moments about different issues. And so I'm going to have Taylor start us out by sharing what God taught her through that prayer tour and through her time in Chicago. So Taylor, come on up. I think, Joy, have the mic? You have the mic? Okay. God brought me this eye-opening and impactful experience. He let me go on this amazing prayer tour on the first night. The prayer tour is when you go to different parts of the city and pray for things. We prayed for a local high school, Cook County Jail, the local YMCA, and many more. It opened my eyes by showing me many people are forced to be in gangs and forced to do things that half of them don't want to do, but have to to survive. I tried to think about how I would feel I couldn't even begin to put it into words because that's when I would need God most. That's when I just started praying because that part of the city really needs God. Our city host, Lucy, asked different people to pray for different things. My hands just shot up. I wanted to pray so maybe one day things that are the most difficult about the inner city wouldn't be as difficult. It mainly impacted me by just showing how difficult life without God would be. Thank you, Taylor. Each morning, we served at a place called Casa Central. It was a program for um, uh, inner-city kids in a Hispanic neighborhood. And I'm going to have Brandy uh, come and share about what God taught her through Casa and, and also uh, throughout the trip. First of all, I wanted to thank all you guys who helped out, like, with money and stuff and prayers, because it was a really fun trip, and I would love to go on it again. And I love working with kids, and so I was so excited when they said, oh, you're going to be working with kids every morning. I was, like, so happy because I love kids. But um, the mission trip was very learningful for me. Like, I'm not very good with being patient, and so this really, God really told me that I need to be patient through this. Um, when we got to the kids in the morning, we all split up into different classrooms. And me and Erica Eldridge, we, we went in a classroom with so many kids running around. We're, like, so excited. Then the teachers come up, and they're like, can you clean this fish tank? Can you clean these toys? Can you clean these toys? And then these toys. And I was kind of frustrated because I really wanted to work with the kids. In the first three days, I never got to really interact with, with the kids. I was just more toys. I don't want to see Legos ever again. Just saying. But And God just really told me to be patient and, you know, you are helping the kids. Because I thought, oh, I'm not helping the kids. I'm not hanging out with them at all. But I was talking to one of the teachers and she's like, 
we have to clean the toys every single day and that you guys cleaning them for us we have more time to do lesson plans for the kids and you know help them and so i was helping and god really showed me that and um finally the couple, last two days we were there we got to have fun with the kids and play on the playground we just saw so much of like game life like thought of the girls told me oh i have to move here and here because these games have been coming to my you know around the area so god really opened my eyes and my heart to everyone around it's just thank you guys for this opportunity thank you brandy Kelly, come share now for um, also how God was teaching her through um, the ministry of CASA and in general for the trip. Prior to leaving on our missions trip, we met as a team to try to prepare to get the most out of the experience that was before us. One of the things we worked on um, was talking about all the distractions that can keep us from seeing God um, or reflecting God to others. We came up with quite a list of things, such as selfish mindset, conflict with others, cell phones, fear of what others might think of us, or fear of other people that are different than we are. Before we set out for our day in the city, every morning we would gather outside to have time set apart to focus on God, a time to pray and share in God's word. Travis did a great job of making sure we didn't miss this time every day, even though it would have been very easy justifying missing it since we always seem to be late getting ourselves ready. Well, you know how you can hear a verse all of your life, but God really uses it and and really kind of impacts you all of a sudden? On Monday morning, our morning devotion was titled Stepping Out of the Boat from Luke 12, the story of Peter and Jesus and walking on water. God clearly spoke to me that day through this verse and lesson. Before the story was about Peter and Jesus and faith or the lack of faith. That day it was about Kelly and Jesus and about keeping my heart and mind focused on him fully and doing what may seem impossible or way out of my comfort zone by not getting distracted in my insecurities or pride or other things. The verse had new light for me. I could really see when we step out of the boat or our comfort zone how easily it is to fail or miss opportunities to walk with the power of Jesus without the power of Jesus. Our pride, our fears, our selfishness, how we feel about others' thoughts towards us, our busy schedule and our attitude can prevent us from doing amazing things through Christ. They can cause us to sink. Later that week, we had the privilege to meet a man that came to the States from Cuba. Back in the 50s, there was a picture of an older man in a white shirt on that slideshow. This is the man who's been directing Casa Central. Um, And and Brandy talked about that ministry that we were part of. Um, He shared his testimony with us on the last day that we were there on how God told him to lead a mission for the Mexican and the Cuban and Puerto Rican people in the city of Chicago. He answered that call, and today, decades later, he shared how God has taken that ministry to touch thousands of lives in that community. Today, he is an elderly man and can see the power of being obedient to Christ as a supposed to being defeated by distractions 
and that could have caused him his ministry to sink. God taught me that there is power that is ours when we keep our eyes on God's plan and purpose. Thanks, Kelly. Um, so Casa Central was our morning site, and um, it was an amazing time working with the, the children. And, and our youth did an incredible job of loving these kids. It was really hard to say goodbye uh, on Thursday when we said goodbye to them, a lot of tears and hugs. But um, it was just neat to be able to pour into their lives for a week and love them. Um, one of the other areas of our trip that we spent a lot of time doing is working with the homeless population of Chicago. One of the things that they asked us to do is uh, a thing called meet a need. And pretty simply is they gave us $5 and they said, um, walk the streets and find somebody that you can just meet a simple need for, maybe some food or a thing that they need. And so um, our groups are split up into about four groups and we were just given that mission and that task is to meet a need and, like Christ would and love somebody. And so um, those are some amazing encounters. And I'm going to have Blake's, Blake come up and share a little bit about how he saw God work uh, in that uh, challenge for our group. The greatest encounter in Chicago I had was the meet and need, uh, as Travis explained. Our group, we split up. We walked to, uh, we walked around Chicago a little bit, and we were not seeing too many people that we thought we could talk to. So we decided to go back to a bus stop where we saw um, someone who was in need. But just before we got to the bus stop, we saw uh, a few gentlemen on a corner, and we stood in between. We didn't say one word. Two guys on the left came up to us, and they asked us to pray for them. Um, we, of course, said yes, and we said, could we take you to McDonald's, get you lunch, and we'll talk to you and pray for you. Uh, we took them to McDonald's. They were both in jail like a week before, and the one guy, his name was John, he told me he's, um, he's had many problems through his life, and even though he was in jail, he had experienced God um, through him. He still kept a strong faith, and... What this showed me was even though we go through rough times, um, not because we're homeless, but even us, we can still experience God's great love that he has for us. And no matter what, he's going to love us forever. Thanks, Blake. Um, I'm going to have Case come up, and Case is going to share about a man he met named Frank in this meet and need um, challenge that we had. And and I'm excited for you to hear what God taught Case. The Chicago missions trip was an amazing experience for me. I learned a lot on this trip, too. One thing in specific was taught to me by a homeless man named Frank McKenzie. He was a Christian man who told me and my group about him and his family. I didn't get to spend much time with him but he taught me to keep an open mind about people. Before meeting him and many others, I used to think most homeless people were homeless because of drugs and alcohol and things they did to themselves, but not anymore. After meeting Frank, many others opened my eyes to the good people in Chicago. Meeting Frank impacted me greatly because 
I used to think that most homeless people were unchristian, lazy, but not anymore because everybody has a story. Thank you, Case. And that, as Case and, and Blake were sharing, that was one of the neat things is, as we encountered some of these people on the streets. Is we heard their story and talked with them and prayed with them, just seeing how they're just normal people and we could love them and serve them. And, and a lot of stereotypes were just really broken down that we carried about um, those people in hard situations. One of the other cool ministry sites we had was working at a place called um, New Life for Old Bags. And so I'm going to have Lori... Um, come up and share about that ministry and what we did. And you saw some pictures there on the slideshow of us crocheting. Um, cro- we crocheted old plastic bags. It, it was pretty credible. So Lori's going to share about what that's about. It was kind of cool. Um, as leaders, we got a schedule. And we could see what we were going to do throughout the week. But the students, we weren't really supposed to tell them. It was just kind of a... As it came, then we would say, this is what we're doing next. Well, I saw the title, Old Life for New Bags. And I'm like, really? At a nursing home? Um, I, I was just, what is this going to be? I had no idea what it was. I just saw the title. So I was intrigued most of the week anticipating this. So it was really pretty cool. Um, at the site, we learned how to take old plastic bags and turn them into mats for the homeless people to sleep on. Um, it's a few simple steps that um, they encouraged um, five to 100 years old. Anybody can do it. Um, they have schools collecting the, the plastic bags, and then they deliver those to the nursing homes. A lot of times um, youth groups or Girl Scouts or any kind of organization will come in. They do it one day out of the week. Um, they have this great big room at the nursing home. and. Um, they, they showed us how to fold the bags, cut the bags, um, tie the bags, and um, then crochet them. And I'll, I'll hold this up when, I'm, when we're almost done here. Um, it was just really cool to see this vast age span um, work all together to create these bags. Um, it was so cool to see our kids sitting with some of these older people um, exchanging stories and and just the stories that were then told to us and how that changed and touched their lives. Um, one of the ladies in the pictures that you saw, her name was Tony. Um, she had just turned 90 years old, brought in cheesecake for everybody that day, and she actually was from Germany. She spent many hours with um, a couple of our kids, taught them how to crochet, and to create these mats. She was so patient and she was so kind. And she just shared how God has been faithful to her throughout her life. Um, this mission trip continued to show me that God is faithful and he does supply all of our needs, even down to these mats. Um, these mats, the lady was telling us, they, they end up being this wide and then they're usually, you know, probably about six feet long. Um, she said they can be put in a washer and dryer. They um, provide, they're actually really cushy. I was really surprised how soft they were. Um, they allow the water to flow if it's raining underneath them. It keeps them still pretty dry. So this was just really a cool 
um, ministry site that we got to serve at. Thanks, Lori. Um, yeah, it was really neat, and they are real comfortable. They're kind of like a camping mat, and so I could really see myself sleeping on one of those. Um, but as you, they gave some statistics. One of the statistics that they gave was there's over 100,000 homeless people in Chicago at any point in the city, and so they were able to make hundreds of these mats to be able to help them um, have a um, comfortable place to, to lay. And it seems kind of, you know, not very important, but yet, it's, what's really neat is just seeing the many people get together on a mission and then be able to share that mission and share that love to the homeless people in just one tangible way. And that's what Christ um, calls us to do. And so it, it was a real neat ministry. Um, I'm going to have Kevin share a little bit how God was, uh, what God taught him in that trip. And so um, thanks, Kevin, for, for sharing how you saw God work. One night during the trip, we did immersion. Immersion was where we split into smaller groups, and we all got we all got transport passes and two dollars each to live on for the night. You could get together and combine the money to get something, or just use your own two dollars. My group put it together and got food. Later, you're supposed to walk around and find people find people to ask how they thought the city was doing and. Why they, where they like to live there, and other questions. Somehow we stumbled upon Jeff and Mary. God taught me that not all people did it to themselves. Jeff ended up on the streets because he used most of his money to go visit his dad that was not doing good. Then his dad, stepdad, his stepmom, and other major people died in his life, sending him all downhill from there. Jeff and Mary really nice people and uh, they stayed on the streets together for eight years they never left because they just wanted to be have somebody to play talk to with and give company to each other and that's how that's what we did on immersion thanks Kevin um yeah, I mean, as you hear so many stories of just talking with, with homeless people in the streets, and it's just amazing. Um, so often you walk by them, but as we got to, to meet them and hear their stories, you learn that uh, many of the reasons they're on the streets aren't because of what you normally think, as Case said, and alcohol or laziness, but it's just maybe, um, as Jeff was, he just lost all of his social network, his family network, and, and through different series of trials and circumstances, he landed on the streets, but yet... He was a very normal guy, and we got to talk with him, and we prayed with him, and uh, it was just a really neat thing. Uh, I'm going to have Lauren come up and share uh, what God was teaching her on this mission trip, and she's got a beautiful story to share. Um, I just wanted to start by like telling you guys some of the things that we didn't know before we entered Chicago. Um, we didn't know why a lot of the people were homeless, and we discovered over the week that one of the leading causes of homelessness in Chicago is poverty. And one of the biggest things causing or leading up to poverty was gentrification. And the best way I can describe gentrification is when a low-income neighborhood is renovated or upgraded to become a high-income neighborhood, causing the displacement of low-income families. This was the case for many of the men at the men's shelter we volunteered at. I believe it was called Epworth's Men's Shelter. 
To backtrack a ways, I remember our CSM leader constantly reminding us of the importance of communication and interaction. She told us to set aside whatever stereotypes we had heard about the homeless and to remember that everyone has a story. That really stuck with me over the course of the week. I kept praying for the ability to step out of my comfort zone and for God to use me in whatever way possible and to let him shine his light through me on this mission trip. At Epworth, God really answered my prayers and was, I was given many opportunities to meet a lot of kind, gentle-hearted men who shared their stories with me. The man running the shelter, Vince, told us that over the years he's come across a lot of people that most of us would never in a million years expect to see walk into a homeless shelter. One of the many I remember was actually a former big-wig basketball player that had stayed at his shelter. He was very passionate about his work and the men he was given the ability to build relationships with over the years. One of the things that he stressed was the fact that his guys did not choose to be in the situation they were currently in. They had gone through hardships that caused them to be where they are now, and it was nearly impossible for them to get back on their feet. One of the men I had the opportunity to talk with explained to me that since he had gotten in this situation he was in, his daughter, who was married and had a two-year-old daughter, wanted nothing to do with him. He was very emotional and told me that she lived in Texas and he hasn't seen her in years. The thing that really got to me was when he told me he was a grandfather but had no idea what it felt like to be one. God really taught me that despite what the world says about our differences, we're all God's children. We had the opportunity to show love to these people and to learn the value of patience and just listening and opening our hearts to new experiences. I think I really learned to just dive in and give all of myself to God and to remember that it's not to us but to his name be the glory. One of the problems most of us face is the fact that we're so accustomed to getting almost anything we want when we want it. The majority of us are pretty cozy. So when it comes to giving, a lot of us tend to get shy and think that when we give to people that don't have anything, then we'll have one less thing for ourselves. As Christians, I've learned that it's important for us to remember that when we have Jesus Christ, our cup runs over. And the, the cool thing about that is when we choose to live a life for him, we can give and give and give and know that God will always provide. Thank you so much, Shannon. Wow, powerful stuff. Um, I'm going to have Megan come share some more just neat things that God was doing in her life uh, through Chicago. So come on forward, Megan. And I think that if I was given the chance, I could stand up here on stage and talk for hours about how impactful and amazing the mission trip to Chicago was. But by now, I am sure you have heard that enough from the others. Yes, it was an eye-opening experience, one that I would go on again and again. I think God has been tugging me in this direction for a while. What direction is that? Peace, patience, and surrender. This trip not only taught me that peace isn't just a word and not a feeling, it taught me that God isn't just some person up in the clouds who you can occasionally ask favors from, but the man who created us all and sent his son to die for our transgressions, no matter who we are. I met people who had less than I did, and they still could praise God and know him. Frank McKenzie, if you haven't already heard, was a homeless man who we spoke to, and we're very glad we did. He recited the whole 23rd Psalm on the spot and prayed with us. What that experience taught me was that not every hom homeless person is a bum or just another weary face on the street. They are people too, ones with stories and hopes and beliefs. There was also Tony the Tiger from Epworth's Men's Shelter. He taught me to play dominoes and helped me realize that just because he doesn't have a home, and it doesn't mean that he can't have a talent or something to put his faith in. With every new face, every smile, laugh, or word, I could feel my stereotypes and fears strip away. 
With every story, my heart was softened and my eyes opened. There is so much more I could say, stories I could share. But with so little time, I'll just say this. God isn't just my God. He is your God. Frank McKenzie's God, Tony's God, Penny's, and every person's on this earth. This is what God taught me through my amazing youth group and the new faces I met. Thank you for giving me the chance to learn and be taught in Christ. Well, in a moment, we're going to have Joey share and close in prayer, but um, let me just give a word of what I saw and learned. Um, I could add to many of these stories. Um, Sorry. (laughs) But the most powerful thing for me is just seeing how God worked through each of these young people here and um, what he taught them. And the neat thing was, as God gave us this mission to serve, as we were pouring ourselves out, he was growing us together as, as a family. And so we really um, got really close on the trip. And um, see, I do cry. <laughs> I didn't cry on the trip like many of them did, but I'm crying now. <laughs> but um, it was just phenomenal. And as you, as you heard from them, just what God did in and through them was just amazing to see. No matter their ages or what background they have, they, God just poured himself through them and they were ambassadors to the people of Chicago. And it was neat to see all that they did. And it was a blessing to me to be there on the front lines seeing. You've got a chance to hear that. Um, Just imagine seeing God working through them. And that was incredible for me to see and to be a part of. And um, it was just a great trip. And we have, as you can, again, see a great group of young people at this church. And God is doing wonderful things through them. And I'm excited for what God has now as we're back home. One of the things we talked about is how can we take what we did in Chicago and, and, and serve and love and be on mission here in Ludington. And so we're trying to work that out. We appreciate your prayers for that. Um, we're trying to see how we can get involved in the nursing homes and other places here that there's a need. And so we're trying to figure that out, and, and, and that's our mission now that we're back at home. And we really felt God um, pushing us on to that, is that we don't need to just be in Chicago to do this work and to serve people. We can do that. We're, we're back home. So um, please pray for us as a youth group as we um, seek to do that in our community here in Ludington. But thank you uh, for your support. Um, at the end of the trip, we were just blown away at what God did, but we remembered, well, a lot of it has been because of you guys praying for us during the week. We totally felt those prayers, and God answered them. Everything went so well and so smoothly, and God really just blew us away um, uh, in Chicago. So I'm going to have Joey come up and share what God taught him, and then he's going to close in prayer, and then we'll continue in our worship with a final song. Um, First off, I just want to thank you all for your prayers and your financial contributions. Um, Secondly, I want to share a quote from Tony the Tiger. My uncle, he knew how to play guitar, knew how to play the piano, but he died taking that to his grave. Never taught or shared his knowledge to others. But you see me, I can play the guitar and many other instruments. Taught myself seven languages, and I want to pass on my knowledge. I want to teach before my time comes. I want to share the things I know. No, this quote is not from the tiger you see in Frosted Flake commercials. It's actually a man I met that is without a home. We met him at Epworth Men's Shelter. This man made an impact on the young man you see before you. You see, in my conversation I had with him while playing dominoes with Megan Turnbull, I learned that this man has got something I want, a want to share the knowledge that he possesses, that knowledge including the gospel. To tell you the truth, I was scared, nervous, and not sure I would get anything from this trip. 
The devil fed me lies like this will do nothing for your faith. What if you get caught in between a gang fight? What if this or that happens? But when we got there, we went on a prayer tour. We learned about the city of Chicago and stopped at multiple stops to pray for ministries in the area or for the healing of an area. On that tour, God met all of my fears one by one. He said to them, Get out. Don't you know I call this young one child of mine? On Thursday night, we began the close of what was no joke, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. We split into groups to talk about what God has taught us over the weekend, over the week. And my group was Ryan Wood, Kevin Eldridge, and Blake Bentz. By the time Travis said, time to wrap up our conversations, we were all in tears. Now, you know that has to be some pretty deep stuff to get us all in tears. Now, I just want to leave with one more story. For one of our mission stops, we went to a place where they made mats for the homeless out of old shopping bags. One girl taught Kevin and I how to tie it into strings to be wrapped up into a ball of porn, which is plastic yarn. Well, then Erica wanted to know, and then Lauren, so Kevin helped them out. Somewhere it came up how we were all related. Um, how we were like cousins. And um, anyways, we got to talking about how much of the youth group is related to one another. And it made me think, yeah, sure, a lot of us are related. But it also made me think that the youth group is not just related by the blood that flows through our veins, but the blood that was spilt for us. Um, I, um, I have a, um, a part of a song here from Matt Mayer. Um, it's, uh, it says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, church, come stand in the light. The glory of, the God, of God has defeated the night. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, church, come stand in the light. Our God is not dead. He is alive. He is alive. And I noticed through the trip that this rung true in all these people that I met. And if it rings true in these people who have nothing left, how much more does it ring true for us who are comfortable in our homes and in our church? I just want to say thank you again for everything that you guys um, provided for us and that um, this trip, I would do it over and over again. Thank you. Will you please bow your head in prayer with me? Thank you, Lord, for the chances that you gave us, Lord. And I just want to thank you um, for the opportunity to meet um, these people in Chicago and to um, the, um, the fact that you gave us the chance to wipe away these stereotypes that we may have had. And um, I, just, I want to thank you again for the people who gave their financial contributions and who prayed for us throughout the week. Um, it would not have been possible with them. Uh, without them, and um, I just want to thank you for realizing that our youth group is more than just a group of friends. It's a group. It's a family, um, and we're, this family is blessed by another, uh, a bigger family of your family, Lord. And um, I just want to thank you again for letting us be your hands and feet for a week. And um, I just pray that it doesn't end there, Lord. And just thank you again. Amen. <laughs>